listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31, where we will be discussing chapter 14 of City of Ashes, Fearless. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. All right. So how have you guys been doing? No. No? (laughs) Tell us you. How are you doing in this moment? Up until an hour ago, I thought my daughter was missing. So that was fun. (sighs) That was the most fun finding her. Hashtag mom life. Dude. Robin earned her detective's badge Dude. We all belong in the FBI. (laughs) It's true. I miss my true calling. Yeah. Right? So my daughter went camping with her dad. And they were supposed to go from Wednesday to Saturday, and today is Sunday. And I hadn't heard from them, and I tried calling them, and their both their phone number, both their phones were going straight to voicemail, and so I was freaking out. And then I had to find the people that they had gone with, find their phone numbers, and track them down. And Amanda and Robin helped me um, sleuth and contact basically everyone my ex husband has ever been in contact with ever. <laughs> Like his landlord and (laughs) it was a whole thing, but he just got the day wrong when they told me. So he was actually coming back today. So everything's fine. My daughter's okay. She's, she's not hurt or missing. Thank goodness. But like for the past seven hours, I've been panicking. (laughs) You could have used a sensor if one of them was a demon. Right? But tell us how they work. Where's Magnus when I need it? There. Do it for real. He needed to cast a tracking spell. I was like, I have one of her dirty, like, shoes. Yeah, you need Stinky shoes. (laughs) Yes. We're glad she's okay. Yes. Everything's fine. But yeah, I was like, that's it. Yeah. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to fill a a missing persons report. We were going to walk down there with you. Yeah. It was a whole thing. But. Everything's fine. My daughter's fine. They were just out of cell phone service because they were camping. <laughs> we're laughing about it now, but it wasn't funny. No, <laughs> no, when it was happening, they. But Robin and Amanda did keep me calm, keep me from freaking the hell out. So that was thank you guys. Yeah, you guys are really good friends. <sighs> I'm glad we had reason to calm you down. Yeah, we weren't calming you down for no reason. Right, <laughs> and then I can be bad at you later. <laughs> yeah. Be like, you told me it was okay. No. Now look what's happened. Listen, right. we know him well enough that he got things mixed up. This is true. <laughs> right. So my my ex worked with both Robin and Amanda, so they know him very well. We we were able to deduce what had most likely happened, and <laughs> Robin was correct. <laughs> yeah. She's like, he probably got the day wrong. <laughs> As we're checking with people, I'm like, listen, it's it's him. So the dates are probably wrong. But do you know anything? <laughs> Good times. And this is what it's like being a mother. You constantly, like, when my mom used to say, I, you know, I didn't know if you were in a ditch somewhere. Like, I get it. Yep. It's true. That's exactly what went in my head. I was yeah. like, oh, God. <laughs> well, it's like you're not exactly thinking they're murdered, but they could be stranded or in trouble in right. some way and, and need help. And they don't have cell phone service. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, God. And then they got to spend the night in the car. Do they have food? Luckily, you know. it's not snowing. Because let's be honest. I There are plenty of dads who are very, very efficient. and But not all dads think of emergency snacks. Right. I always have something 
to eat in my purse. <laughs> there's always a granola bar in the pocket of my, right. my purse. Yeah. Or my car is so dirty that there's always something <laughs> to eat. You know, there's enough water for a week. <laughs> half, half empty water bottles. Summer a quarter. So. <laughs> yeah. I bought the life straw thing. We keep it in the glove mm-hmm. box. That's a good idea. A little emergency kit. Well, we go up into the woods alone. Right. Not alone, but it's just our vehicle. <laughs> Robin likes to dance naked under the moon. They're making out. It sounded really weird. (laughs) Well, we'll go up like in the snow or whatever. And if you go missing, we know what happened. (laughs) Listen, I learned on that show Catfish that you can send someone a pin of your latitude and longitude. Yep. And I didn't know that. You should start sending that to us when you guys are up there. Yeah. If you can. Like if you have enough service. Oh, there's no service. Yeah, there's definitely no service. At least like way before you run out of service. So well, you know generally where you are. We go to the same <laughs> spots all the time. So okay, I should right. just pin them all on my map. Is yeah. what I should do and then have them. Because that's how that one time um, Omar met with some guys to go shooting. And that's how they went up there is they followed the, mm-hmm. he pinned it that's the last so time cool. he was there. And then he followed it up. Yeah. Neat. On the GPS. Well, and so as long as you keep, because you have an iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as you have your Google account logged in like if you went missing even if you didn't have cell phone service your google still tracks your gps unless you turn it off so then you can request if i had your like google login i could go on and request your gps history and then find out everywhere you were bent you've been even if your phone wasn't on that's great i'll tell you guys also scary well you have my login yeah Yeah, i'm sure we both do okay yeah (laughs) we know your passwords just like you know mine yeah the other day I was like asking myself what's the password and I said it out loud and Robin told me what it was I was like oh yeah thanks (laughs) you always need friends it's like when I was when I used to online date it's like oh I'm going here I took a picture of his license plate here's his license plate you know like here are screenshot pictures of him so in case I go missing you know who you're looking for yeah that shit's scary Mm -hmm. all that shit so glad I don't have to do that anymore. It was a nightmare. I never did that. Well, that's not true. I, I met people, but I never dated. Like, I right. met people through the social medias. MySpace. <laughs> Which is even more horrifying. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. You know, we had one mutual friend, Tom. Exactly. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> Great. Man, we've just been showing our age all summer, haven't we? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> My bad. What have you guys been up to? Anything interesting? No. No? (laughs) All right. Well, if we don't have anything else. No. No. All right. Nothing can trump that story. I know. (laughs) It was a lot. And I I took you on the ride with me. So It was good. It was fun. (laughs) At the end. Right. Everything's fine. But, um, all right, let's cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Jace steals away out of Luke's like a thief in the night and meets Raphael, who gives him yet another demon bike, which he rides to the middle of the river. There, he lands on the deck of a creepy-ass, all-blacked-out ship and immediately begins scoping and snooping around. He soon makes his way to a locked cabin and stellays himself in. (laughs) I like it. He sees a vision of his sister being all murdered, and he passes out. When he comes to, we get the delight of listening to another one of V-Ting's delightful monologues. He outlines the rest of his diabolical plan for using the mortal instruments, at least the ones he has, to take over the clave and kill anyone that stands in his way. (laughs) 
He offers for Jace to basically buy the protection of his loved ones if he joins forces. The chapter ends in two true Cassandra Clare fashion, and we don't get to know what his decision is. Bum, bum, bum. I could see this going either way. Right? What's going to happen? Did you guys have any, like, theories after you read that last chapter, like, before you started the next one? Like, did you have any inkling of what you thought Jace was going to do? I really thought it could have gone either way. Like, I could see him doing yeah. both. So I don't know that I did. I do really like the way that Cassie wrote Jace in that way where you he is he does kind of, like, hold his cards close to his chest. And so you really don't know which way he's going to sway. And he's such a, like tortured soul Mm -hmm. that yeah it could really go either way and you're just kind of like I mean I could really see him trying to save people which obviously would be the only reason he'd do it Mm -hmm. but I think it would be hard to say no (laughs) all right so Clary wakes up face down on her sketch pad sleep lines carved into her skin ink stain on the duvet and this is why (laughs) we can't have nice things Clary (laughs) she's basically my daughter Except my daughter would also have, like, a thing of clay with, like, clay tools and stuff, like, at the foot of her bed. I'm just like, why? You have a whole desk. She has a drafting table desk. Oh, that's awesome. That she can do all of that stuff with. And it. she insists on doing it on her bed. I'm like, it's comfy. Yeah. Get out of here, mom. It's filthy. It's literally dirt <laughs> in her bed. Mine woke up with um, a bag of hot Cheetos. Mm, a hairbrush. <laughs> A bowl with popcorn in it, um, seven water bottles, <laughs> and a pair of scissors the last time we cleaned. So I don't know what was happening. Brynn always has a pair of scissors, too. And usually, like, sewing needles, because she'll, like, sew things. My daughter's a crafter, but, like, right. she doesn't put the craft away when she mm-hmm. starts a new one. And it just collects. Her bed is, like, the catch-all for everything. I'm like, you just, you look, like. This is just your perimeter of crap <laughs> uh-huh. that is in the shape of your body. And then you just sleep in the middle of it. Well, she's like nine on a queen size bed. So she's got lots of space. Oh, you know, yours does. Yeah. I had to, I had to like shrink Brent. Brent's on a twin now because she used to have a queen size bed, but like it, it was a mat. Like, I'm like, I can't, you use it as a table. <laughs> <laughs> and she still does. It sounds she like still on a twin. Does. Well, and then she like stuff stuff down because she has like one of those trundle beds that like pulls out uh-huh no no thank you <laughs> never again i'm like you get a mattress on the floor so you can't like tuck things behind it awesome it's ridiculous <sighs> anyways back to clary so like all teenagers clary's first instinct after waking up is to shower uh Error 404, reference not found, because anyone with a teenager knows that this is utter bullshit. (laughs) Have you ever seen a teenager wake up and walk right into the shower? No, never. Not unless you're screaming at them to go get up and take a shower. (laughs) Seriously? They don't do it on their own. It's impossible. Uh, yeah. My my daughter is 16 and no, she doesn't do that. Unless she has something going on in the day. Right. But yeah. But, like, not just of her own accord. Yeah, the afternoon or something. No. So, nevertheless, we're suspending reality for the whole angels and demons and magic thing. So, I guess we're including the fantasy of adolescent hygiene, too. (laughs) 
But I should have never doubted Cassie because she brings the reality right back when Clary gets to the bathroom and notices the mess from the previous night. Soiled bandages, blood streaked across the sink, and Clary completely ignores all of it, hopping into the shower without a second glance. And I'm like, there's the teenager. Dude, for real. (laughs) Couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I can't even think about it. Right. Like, wouldn't you, like, just tidy? Yeah. Or just, like wipe the it's blood it's not (laughs) you're living here too lady and the person that's probably in charge of cleaning is like laid up on the couch right it's his blood yeah (laughs) clean it up make him clean it she's like she's like not mine you wrote your name on it it's got your dna on it it's yours (laughs) like that scene in idle hands when they um the whole house is thrashed and they want to make a burrito but it's like the microwave's filled with blood and he was like Man, we should really clean that up. He's like, yeah, then afterwards we can clean the whole fucking house, too. (laughs) (laughs) I've never actually seen that movie. Oh, it's so I think I've seen that part, though. Yeah. Who's Sawa? Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. And, um, oh, God. But Seth Green's the one that says that. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Seth Green, the early 2000s tag-along. He was the perfect guy in every movie you ever watched. He's the sidekick, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, again, dating ourselves. Yeah. Or what was Jamie Kennedy from Scream? Mm-hmm. And then the Jamie Kennedy experiment? Listen, Jamie Kennedy and Seth Green are basically the same person. <laughs> they, <are. laughs> they have a different color palette. <laughs> One's just taller. Okay. If they look just so. <laughs> they both got red hair. Actually, I don't know if Jamie Kennedy has naturally red hair. He might have just been for one of the roles, but that's <sighs> what sticks in my head. I love it. <laughs> So when she's done scrubbing away the memories of the night before in a torrent of grapefruit bubbles, and let's be honest, probably replaying her epic breakup with Simon the night before on a loop and thinking of all the things she should have said, she steals one of Luke's robes. I have questions. Why does he have more than one? And why did she not bring clothes with her into the bathroom? There's a house full of people. Where is the force? I almost said foreskin. (laughs) i have a more important question (coughs) why are men's robes like the arms are three-quarter length why is that a thing what can someone tell me i don't i don't know (laughs) i i didn't have a dad so (laughs) i'm kidding My dad had a nasty-ass yeah. robe, dude. Andy had a robe that was like that, and then I bought him another one thinking it'd be better, and it was the same damn thing. I think his were full sleeve, but it was like terry cloth. Like, oh. Yeah. I My mom always had a robe, but it was like, she used to have like the, the like little like wraparound robes with the like. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. Like a towel robe sort of right, thing. Right. So she, so she didn't get too hot while she was doing her makeup and her hair in the morning uh-huh. after she got out of the shower, but like never like a robe robe. Unless it was like a fuzzy robe that she wore over her PJs when she was cold and had to go outside to smoke Mm -hmm. in the winter. I feel like your mom is like the cutest person in pajamas I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, they always match. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mom's very OCD when it, and she's, she's very not, she's prissy. I was going to say proper. I was going to say petite. Like she's just so cute. She is. But yeah, it's like everything matches. She's like a, she's like a beauty queen where like everything has to coordinate. And go together. So So she looks really cute in hats. I I do not. I look like a penis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
So Clary has no foresight. She's There's a house full of people. So Clary leaves the bathroom and Magnus is impatiently waiting outside the door, looking quite the mess with crumpled hair, smudged glitter, and a bad attitude. Sounds like he didn't bring a mattress over. He was chair sleeping. Right. <laughs> it's not a good look on him. So their interaction is great, and I'm going to read it from an excerpt from the book. Why does it take girls so long to shower, he demanded. Mortal girls, shadow hunters, female warlocks, you're all the same. I'm not getting any younger waiting out here. Clary stepped aside to let him pass. How old are you anyway, she asked curiously. Magnus winked at her. I... I was alive when the Dead Sea was just a lake that was feeling a little poorly. (laughs) Clary rolled her eyes. Magnus made a shooing motion. Now move your petite behind. I need to get in there. My hair is a wreck. (laughs) I feel like he should just be able to bibbidi-bobbidi-boop himself into a shower, like a clean... Right? Aura? I don't know. (laughs) I really feel like the thing that um, this series is missing is apparating. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that would be so convenient. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Disappearing from one place and appearing in another. Okay. Okay. Well, because then I was thinking, I was like, God, he probably didn't bring any, like, any toiletries or anything over, but he could just take clothes. Like, he can summon, like, clean clothes. Right, he can summon clothes, yeah. And all that other stuff, so. Yeah. But just not himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And as, I mean, like, he could, well that's later never mind yeah because you're right he could just like go to his house real quick take a shower like uh-huh. right and then back like um bewitched exactly just a little <laughs> wiggle of his nose yeah. <laughs> for some reason i thought you're gonna do the that's weird okay so still naked with just a robe on in a house full of people clary makes her way to the kitchen to plug in the coffee pot and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what self-respecting coffee fanatic unplugs their coffee pot? Like, Luke, I'm disappointed in you. Seriously. Like, if, if he's going to drink nasty hotel or nasty hospital coffee without batting an eye, he's he's got coffee always yeah. at his house. He has stagnant water on the <laughs> side table. Which but means, his coffee machine isn't plugged in. He's the type of person that puts the coffee in the night before and sets the timer and just lets it get stale. Right. He <laughs> doesn't care. I don't know. Maybe he has bad wiring. I mean, maybe. Okay, that was on This Is Us. They had a Oh, the crock, crock pot. pot. Yeah, that was the worst. Yeah. Anyway. It's a really sad like show. show so. It's so sad. It's not my cup of tea. Did you try watching it? And you I didn't like it. I tried to force her. I cry legit every episode. I stopped after, like, the first couple. I think the first season. After that happened. That's when I stopped. So I need to make this clear. I'm not harping on naked Clary (laughs) wandering through the house because I'm concerned about her modesty. I'm harping on it because teenagers are painfully self-conscious and there is no way that Clary has the confidence to wander around a nip slip away from unbearable humiliation. Like, there's just no way. Well, especially in a robe that's probably humongous on her. Right. Tiny She's like body. this little tiny, no way. And you're like, full breeze, naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sorry, Dane Cook. but no. Yeah. <laughs> but Dane Cook's kit. I think we reference this a lot. One day, oh, this will be yours. (laughs) So maybe she put her um, dirty undies back on 
And her bra? Okay, she probably at least has her bra on, right? Maybe she didn't sleep I in don't it, so know. didn't go in there with her. I don't know. But I'm concerned. It's weird. And if you live with Luke right now, like, you would think that you're just used to bringing your clothes into the bathroom with you. Yeah. Like, I don't think he has two bathrooms, right? No, it's just the one. Yeah. So, like, you would just be used to that. I mean, okay, honestly, like, it's torturous hell to get dressed in a steamy, gross that's bathroom. Trans- like, that's, that's, that's horrible. Fair. But then you'd think that she would have brought her own robe or... Mm-hmm. Or gone straight to her room and changed mm-hmm. and then plugged in the coffee pot. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... Her stealing his robe doesn't bother me that much. Her not bringing clothes doesn't bother me that much. But her not going into her room to change before doing anything else, that's what I'm just like, that's impossible. That just would not happen. There's no way. I'm cool with vampires and werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> This story is fake news. <laughs> Wrong. Teenagers don't take showers and they don't unplug the coffee pot, okay? Just, I'm just saying. Ooh, I, I get hung up on these things. This is why you listen anyways and you know it. <laughs> love us. So once the coffee is percolating, Clary puts on some damn clothes and goes to wake up Luke. He's understandably experiencing a bit of a demon venom hangover and can't remember which of what can't remember what (laughs) what which is an word can't remember much of what happened the night before. We've all been there, buddy. So Clary begins to explain that Luke was attacked by two Rom demons. Of course, Luke is horrified because Rom demons are way more demony than Dravik Dravik Dravik. Dravak. Dravak. Then Dravak demons. That Then the Dravak demons. <laughs> then the Dravak demons that attacked Maya. I keep calling them ramen demons, so you're doing better than me. <laughs> well, I just, I re-listened to the audiobook as I was driving down, and they say it completely different. They say, like, Rome, and then they say, like, oh. Dravak. And okay. I'm like, okay, one book says it, one narrator says it one way, the thing that drives me nuts about the audiobooks for this series is they're not consistent. Some yeah. some narrators say Alicante, some say Alicante, some say uh, Idris, some say Idris. Oh, I don't like Idris. That's uh. it's they it's like they had no like continuity. There was not a continuity person that's like, hey, this is how you exp- how you say this 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Like here's the glossary or whatever. They just kind of let them make whatever they wanted. Yeah. Some say Steely, some say Stelle. Okay, potentially a sidebar. Yes. Not that I think I would be good at it, because I would not. But I was just wondering what it would take to, like, narrate an audiobook, basically. It's not hard. We have all of the tools. I just meant, like, how do you do it? Like, how do they pick people or whatever? So, um, Amazon, through their... uh, Because Amazon owns Audible, right? Okay, yeah. So, Amazon has... There's different branches, right? So there's KDP, which is their Kindle direct publishing. So you can like directly publish. And then um, Amazon has ACX, I believe. And if you're a narrator, you can do samples or whatever and like post them. And then people can pick through those. And then you can either do like a royalty-based contract or you can do like a flat rate contract. And then independent authors can go... And pick from the narrators they they like or whatever and try to... So Cassandra Clare probably picked these people. 
potential. Well, no, like she's publisher. she's traditional, she's too, so the yeah. publisher probably did it. So my point is. If you do it that way, when yeah. you like upload your sample, then you're in charge of editing and doing everything for it. So like you don't just like read it and then give it to somebody and then they like finish it off and stuff. You're in charge of your audio. You can some some don't like some work with a with a studio and then you'll have like your producer and your sound mixer that do all the technical stuff and then you just have your narrator and that's generally how like traditional publishing does it because they have they like book studio time but then you have like independent narrators who do everything on their own at home and Hmm. with that like with the narration like contract there's usually like a a clause or something that you know once you listen to it you can make changes twice like you you get two reviews to make changes or you know if they're not saying something right then they have to go in and like dub over it and like fix it so like sometimes when you're listening to an audiobook you'll notice how like kind of the cadence of the voice will change. It's usually because they were changing something that maybe didn't make sense when they sent it to them. Like the the writer was like, oh, that's a fuck up on my part. So I'm going to change it and you need to re-record this paragraph or whatever. Or it might be the narrator was saying a name wrong and then they had to go in and change it or, or what have you. Interesting. Yeah. I saw, I followed this lady on social media that just wrote her own book and she pitched, took a picture of herself recording and she had like sound stuff just kind of around mm-hmm. her like we're here right now but she just had it kind of like the peachy when you took a test in school it was sort yeah. of just around her and I think it's cool that she was doing her own book because it's obviously she's a personality and so of course if you buy the book you're going to want to hear her voice to I it don't, but I like would not read an autobiography that wasn't narrated by the writer mm-hmm. like I I think that would be weird. I like hearing their own voice and like the way they tell a story and yeah stuff like that. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Good stuff. I don't think you should do it though. Me? Yeah. Because I can't read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Right. That was just always something like when you know when you're little and you always want to be like a I want to be a movie star. Uh-huh. It's like, no, I'd like to be a voice actor. Me so too. So much easier. Good. Me too. I always wanted to like do cartoons. Well, like after you saw Mrs. Doubtfire, you were like, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's my line. That's what I want to be. Toodaloo! <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Like, no. Are you casting chipmunks? <laughs> anyway, what I was trying to say sort of in a roundabout is I wonder if the like it was more of an independent, these first couple books were. Or is it like that all the time? She's always been traditionally published, so I don't know. Yeah, just where they're not checking the yeah names and stuff. I don't. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. I don't know because some of like some of the narrators like she, like they have like Ed Westbrook, Westbrook or Westwood, Westwood, right? <laughs> you were trying to blend those there. <laughs> yeah. So like one of them is like Ed whatever his name is um and then like Mae Whitman who are like actors like legitimate like very popular actors and so you would think but then like some of their narrators I'm sure are very successful narrators but like they just don't sound right like they don't have any personality in their mm-hmm. and they're like they're like monotone I'm I, like who yeah. signed off on this like that would drive me nuts I can't remember which one it was if it was I think it was the last one that Ashes, I think, because I just started. What is the next City one? City of Glass. Thank you. Yeah. I think it was Ashes. The person sounded like Siri, basically. It was very monotone. 
the whole time not much emotion and that just I don't know I didn't I didn't care for that yeah it might be glass but anyway I um I don't know I tend to like male voice actors okay better mm-hmm. and I don't know why um Westwick okay Ed Westwick that's who it is but I don't know it's a very interesting process. It's And it's very, like, a personal preference. Because, like, some narrators, like, if they're too monotone, I can't listen to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Well, it drives me, me nuts. Reading a book is something that's very personal. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know what I mean? It's this alone time, your own space. It's this personal thing. It's the way Jay sounds to me or Clary sounds to me or this is the way I would think that they're saying that. So to hear somebody else say it. It throws you out wrong, of it. Mm-hmm. Like, to what, like... I had an issue with City of Bones where, like, Jace is constantly angry. And, like, I don't hear him as angry. <laughs> right. I hear him as more like, eh, Anyway, right. it's hard. So the um, Dark Artifices, mm-hmm. I've only – no, that's not true. I listened to the audiobook first mm-hmm. before I read it. And I had to turn it off mm-hmm. just because there were so many new characters mm-hmm. and new things going. I'm like, okay, I really need to focus. So I was trying to do it like as a, like, I'm making dinner. I'll mm-hmm. listen to this book. And I, I really wanted to pay attention. So once I was able to read the book, mm-hmm. but I'd already heard his voice first. So uh-huh. that's how the characters were talking to me. Uh, okay. It's uh, like when you watch gotcha. a TV show. Because it already had set movie. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. You know, I've only listened to the audiobooks for the uh, Dark Artifices, but I want to read them like physical book, read them because I know that there's stuff that I didn't pick up. Yeah. Because when I listen to the audiobook of this, I've read it a million times. So I already know what's happening. And usually I'll just catch something that was different. I'm like, wait a minute. Ah. No, that wasn't the same as in the book. Or, you know, that was an update or whatever. But I feel like I didn't absorb as much. Yeah. Even though I, I absolutely adore those books. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like I, I didn't absorb as much as if I read it. And I, so I can't wait to read it. Because when we do it, I'm going to read them all. Right. This is getting on a huge-ass tangent. Right. So let's move on. My bad. All right. Back to the task at hand. So Daddy Luke is soups <laughs> upset that Clary went out with Jace to fight off the Rom demons and demands to know why Magnus, the only other adult, didn't go out to help. With impeccable timing, Magnus sweeps into the room, announcing that he was too busy keeping Maya alive. And besides, Clary and Jace handled the demons just fine on their own. Okay. Real quick. Sorry about the tangent. I literally just listened to this audiobook on the the way down here. And in the audiobook, he says, I was keeping you alive. But that doesn't make sense because Luke was outside with them. They, Weird. Right. Like, oh. And I was like, huh? And he says it like three times instead of like, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Huh. Do you want okay. me to play it? No, I have the new book. Oh, right, because you have the candle. I don't know how to the say Kindle. that. The candle. The candle. <laughs> Far out. Thing. He yeah. said, I was healing Maya. That's why Magnus said coming into the living room. Okay, so now I have to play it for you guys because I was like, it was really bothering me. I was like, this is Smelling right. strongly of grapefruit. Right? Weird. I would not be able to listen to this. Um, yeah, I, I listened I don't like to it. it on the way to Newport and I didn't love it either. Do you want me to, should I grab the book? I wonder what the first one says. It says Maya, because I, I just, okay. yeah, when Did I was going through up? it. 
Well, when I was writing this. Oh, okay, and that's, right. That's why it was, because I just read it this morning. That's why it was fresh in my head when I was listening. I was like, weird. What? Liar. That's weird. I wonder where that confusion came in and no one caught it. Interesting. All right. So Clary tries to explain the weirdness surrounding the abrupt departure of the Rom demons, but is yet again interrupted, this time by Maya. And she, we have a little internal Clary moment. And just, oh God, it's just too much. So honestly, Clary thought it was hardly fair for a werewolf to be curvy and pretty. She ought to be a, she ought to be big and her suit. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Never heard it. I'm gonna Google it right now. I'm I'm guessing it means like beastly. Yeah, like ugly. Yeah. Possibly with hair coming out of her ears. And this, Clary added silently, is exactly why I don't have any female friends and spend all of my time with Simon. I've got to get a grip. Yes, bitch, you do. Have you never heard of girl power? Yeah. Stop letting the patriarch condition you to think that way towards other women. At least she caught herself. That means Harry. Harry. Okay. (laughs) Beastly. That was a good, that was a good guess. Okay. So this is why Clary doesn't have friends that are girls (laughs) and she really needs to and we see this from clary so we kind of guessed it with yeah when when we were first introduced to clary with simon and he was talking about like he wants a girlfriend and his friends are dating so and so and like all of the like really unkind things that clary is saying about like these other girls. Yeah. She's like whale tail Sheila and like whatever what it was that she said. Oh yeah, in the first book. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so she like has this like really negative way of talking about other women. And like even like certain things that she thinks about like Izzy. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I understand that like Izzy doesn't really help herself. She's not like overly friendly. So it's not like she like makes people want to be nice to her. But she's also like careful like it's you know what I mean like you're coming into her world and she's like who the hell is this right so like I understand why she's behaving that way and why they kind of Clary and Izzy kind of tiptoe around each other but once Izzy sees that Clary's like in for the long haul she like is totally like oh come in you know here wear these clothes here I'll do your makeup I'll do your hair you know she's very open whereas Clary still even after that moment of connection still has these like really shitty thoughts about other women and it is something that really bothers me about her just character yeah um but it's realistic I was gonna say I feel like it's because she doesn't have female friends Mm mm-hmm that she feels that way. It's not, this is why I don't have female friends. That You're thinking that way because you don't have them. Right. It's like you a don't have circular a connection. kind of like, mm-hmm. well, if you act like that, you're not going to have female friends. And if you don't have female friends, you're going to act like that. It's just like yeah. the snake eating its tail kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. 22. So anyway, Clary needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> Maya is also experiencing a wicked hangover. She's struggling to remember something important about Simon and Clary is all too willing to remind her. <laughs> Claws out and aiming to destroy, Clary berates Maya about her treatment of Simon the night before, making the other girl cry. And Clary and Magnus are both horrified at Maya's tears and look to Luke, the only one with any experience and he- with any experience handling weepy teenage girls. But before Luke has a chance to comfort Maya, Jason Alec burst in like the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like a scene from a sitcom, Magnus flings the towel off of his head and drops it behind the couch in a nothing-to-see-here move. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if he started whistling to show in a show of nonchalantness. <laughs> Jace, I have to be a dick at all times Morgenstern, is in fine form this morning. Anyway, I'm just going to read it. Everyone in a good mood, I see, he observed, keeping up morale. Maya rubbed her eyes. Crap, she muttered. I hate crying in front of shadow hunters. Sidebar, when does she ever cry in front of shadow hunters? Yeah. Okay. So go cry in the other room, Jay said, his voice devoid of warmth. Fuck, I can't say that word. His voice devoid of warmth. We certainly don't need you sniveling in here while we're trying to talk, do we? Clary turned on Jace. Talking? We weren't talking. But we will be, Jace said, flopping down onto the piano bench and stretching out his long legs. Magnus wants to shout at me, don't you, Magnus? Yes, Magnus said, tearing his eyes away from Alec long enough to scowl. Where the hell were you? <laughs> okay, never mind. Hmm. I just, you may answer this and I don't remember again. Hmm. But this is, Alec walks in with Jace. Yeah. So Alec was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, because we discussed it last episode. Like, did he go home? Where did everyone Mm -hmm. sleep? So he must have gone home, right? Yeah. Okay. It was closing time. Although he did. (laughs) You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. But he did go get donuts. So maybe he just went and got donuts and came back? No, he went went home. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So our group of misfits play a game of conversational technicalities that would put the fairy courts to shame and ultimately boils down to this. Magnus used up all of his magic strength, healing the ungrateful person wolves and couldn't magically force Jace to stay put. Jace promised to stay in the house, but Magnus didn't make him swear on the angels, so he loopholed his ass. (laughs) (laughs) So he loopholed his ass out of there. Jace just got back from his quote-unquote walk and found Alec moping on the stoop. Alec's entire wardrobe consists of identical jeans and faded black sweaters. (laughs) Oh, and Alec brought donuts. (laughs) His wardrobe is my wardrobe. Black t-shirt. Not the sweaters, though. No. No. Tank tops. With an incredibly healthy breakfast of refined sugar and coffee in their bellies, the group is finally ready to debrief the events of the previous evening. <laughs> Sorry, you finally get a good, and there he is. I I think he I'm leaving me. it. I made it. I'm leaving it. She made it. What? <laughs> the crier. Link. Oh. <laughs> I think he hears my voice. For the sake of time and my own sanity, I'm going to give you the Cliff, no- Cliff Notes version. It wasn't just Jace and Clary who went after Luke and the Rom demons. Simon was with them too. Oops, there goes Clary forgetting Simon again. Another foul on the girlfriend record. But he didn't do anything. Hey, okay. <laughs> he got a pipe. Clear. Yeah, he they had to talk about where the pipe came from. Okay, right. Fine. <laughs> they didn't kill either of the demons. They just ran away. The Rom demons didn't flee because they were outnumbered. And it wasn't that Clary was a terrifying ogre. It was because of her mama dream mark. No one has ever seen the mark on Clary's arm, and they're all, impossible! And she's all, bitch, I'm still alive, so obviously it's possible. <laughs> Clary reminds Jace about the Sealy Court, but not the hot brother love and make-out sesh, the whole Valentine's blood experiments part, and her gift of words that cannot be spoken. Duh, bitches, it's runes! Clary totally fucks shit up in the Silent City with her opening rune, so she's basically a superhero. And Jace doesn't buy it, and everyone's like, prove it, bitch! So Clary's like, I, I will, and goes to get her sketch, sketchbook. That was beautiful. No, it wasn't. 
It will be soon. (laughs) So on her way to grab her sketchbook, Clary passes Maya, who jumps at the opportunity to apologize for her reaction to Simon's vampism the way she did. Clary tells her that it's not her that deserves the apology, it's Simon. But Maya's afraid that Simon won't speak to her now, you know, since they're supposed to hate each other and all. (laughs) Clary tells her that because um, Simon, she should try because Simon's a forgiving person. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody would know it's Clary. (laughs) Right? Seriously. She's tested that to the nth degree. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. That's hilarious. (laughs) So I started getting some Maya has a crush vibes. And then she asks Clary if she and Simon are together, which I knew. haha. And Clary is all, why do you want to know? Come on, Clary. Like, why would she want to know? Come on. Get out the murder bus. Seriously. <laughs> right? Nice. I will stab each person individually. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway. Maya says, and I quote, the first time I met him, he referred to you as his best friend. But the second time, he called you his girlfriend. I wondered if it was an on-off thing. And I'm like, no, unfortunately, it's just an awkward thing. (laughs) Read what you actually wrote, though. Wait, what? What did I say? That's his bed friend. I mean, that too. First time I met him... He referred to as his bed friend. Apparently, I to bed too often. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's great. Oh no, God. it's good. That was really good. <sighs> it wasn't me this time. <laughs> I am the worst person with typos ever. I fixed one of your, you wrote, instead of Magnus, you wrote Magus. And I was like, and so I just fixed it. <laughs> I'm going to dabble in here. Okay, just so you know, and oh, this is very quick, but I have to share in season two of Outlander. Uh-huh. There is their main, does it say house? I don't know what you would even call it, house. Yeah, like their country estate. Yeah, it's estate. This, it's, they call them servants, and I don't know if they actually are. Okay. Anyway, it's a, they're in charge of a Tudor house. Mm-hmm. Not even a, they're in charge of a house okay. in France. Okay. And one of the people that works for them's name is Magnus. Aw. And I appreciate it every time that I go, oh. <laughs> That's funny. I never caught on to that. I'm a terrible person. Okay. I'm so also anyway. reading it. So oh, yeah, that's true. Clear. Yeah. <laughs> it is sometimes hard to understand. So anyway, Clary tells her that it's just a long story, but yeah, like sort of they're together. So Maya Dude. tells her. <laughs> you are not together. You are not the father. Right? He literally just broke up with you the night before. Like, just be honest. Uh, no, this is how they are. But Clary is so, like, she is, it's so toxic. Clary is like, well, if I can't have him, nobody can, but I don't want him. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think it's because she's just not clear? Like, sort of, yeah, we're together, I don't know. I think she doesn't like Maya. That's a good point. At this point. Yeah. Like, she, she feels threatened by Maya, so she, like... Well, you can't have it. Like, because yeah, if, if he gets right. a girlfriend that he's not going to want to be her friend anymore. Like, she's super insecure, which yeah. is why she wouldn't walk around naked in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Maya goes, tells her that she's lucky. Insert vomit emoji here. Come on. No. Mm-hmm. Anyway, being that she's a shadow hunter, the weird vampire stuff shouldn't get to her. And Clary's like, bro, I'm not Jace. It bothers me. Okay. <laughs> 
And then Clary starts being really rude, in my opinion, to Maya. And um, she uh, Maya tells Clary that Jace reminds her of an ex-boyfriend, that he drives girls crazy the way that he looks at them. And Clary doesn't understand. So Maya says, I guess you wouldn't being his sister. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the way she describes the type of guy that Jace is. Yeah. That, like... He look. He, some guys look at you like they want to have sex with you, and Jace looks at you like you've already had sex, decided to be friends, and like or you already had sex. It was great, and now you're friends. Now you're just friends, which is like such an accurate description yeah. of that type. Because we've all met that guy it's that you're dirty. like, you're like, I feel used, and we're not. We haven't even. But like, you look at me like, yeah, I've been there, done that, moved on. <laughs> like. So anyway, for some reason, this makes Clary ask about um, her ex-boyfriend, the one she's referring to that's similar to Jace. And she says, what happened to him? And he can't have just been a dick and she moved on. Like, there has to be a story, of course. So Maya tells her that, (laughs) I don't know, that he's the one that turned her into a werewolf. And this just leaves me with more questions, which is, of course, par for the course with me. So I'm going to ask him. Why did he do that? Why, Like, why did he bite her? Is this the reason that they broke up? Do you think that she would want to stick by him and, like, learn the world? Did she not? Did she do it and I don't remember? Like, come on. Okay, so this happened in the beginning of the book. Like, yeah. Chapter one. Uh-huh. When she was going through talking about um, her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, Daniel. No, that was her brother. No, Daniel Jordan. was her brother. Yes, Jordan. So she was telling, you know, like they were together, everything was great. And then he got really possessive and like hit her and then they broke up and then he bit her. Like she was walking through the park and he bit her and then ran away and then she changed and then she ran away. Okay. For some reason, I guess I blended that with her brother stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, because it it was definitely an info dump of both brother and and Jordan at the same time. So I can see. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. I had a lot of questions I could have answered for myself. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway that is how it ended basically like oh he's the one that bit me and then it just kind of ends there which is funny. so it's like cool story bitch. Yeah. bye <laughs> well she didn't ask these questions <laughs> okay so that was another thing that really bugged me about this scene in the episode it's like you can't take five seconds to just like give someone your full attention like she was obviously just trying to get the fuck out of there and then she's like wait let me ask you a question but then i'm gonna leave immediately after like yeah get to know a person like they can wait for five for five minutes for you to get your sketchbook yeah calm down yeah it's fine she has she has some points to prove remember so yeah she rejoins the boys club in the living room and they are basically (laughs) like okay perform do it show us your skills girl (laughs) (laughs) so while watching her um each person is kind of described as the way they're watching and magnus is described to be watching with his ancient tempered curiosity (laughs) i just feel like this is how robin describes me behind my back that i'm ancient (laughs) just be wise (laughs) anyway i loved that so um finally clary is like uh i can't do this like she's too nervous to be doing trying to do this in front of everyone she says tell me what what i should draw tell me what's for dinner yeah dude seriously beef it's what what's for dinner except not no not at your house (laughs) so they're all trying to think of runes that don't already exist and jace comes up with fearless 
Um, apparently there's bravery runes, but none of them that make you completely fearless. And for some reason, this surprises Alec and Luke. And um, Jace is like, what, bro? You didn't think of anything? There isn't one for it, so what? And I agree. Like, I don't understand why they're being so weird about it. Does it make sense to you? Like, <gasps> they seem like they're like, oh my God, I can't believe he said fearless. Did, did he just say fearless? <laughs> I just really made me think of Dauntless. Uh-huh. And I got, like, my brain got on this big, weird, like, sidebar. Okay. It's, it's just the Dauntless. It's the, the rune is just the Dauntless, like, logo. <laughs> it was just really, like, I just went on a long, strange trip. It was not my section, so I kind of was just, like, was eating at the same time. It just, it went. Awesome. But it's like, okay, so I understand they're like, oh, yeah, there's not one for th-. There's a reason. Like, you don't want people to be fearless because then they're reckless. Right. Well, and I was wondering, like, what, what would happen? What would have happened if she accidentally made, like, a permanent room? Yeah, how do you mm-hmm. make them temporary? Like, what is the difference? Because don't you draw them on with a stele either way? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So I I don't know. Okay. They don't ever explain it. I'm assuming it's just like certain runes are permanent and certain runes are not. Okay. So there's got to be like a li- like in the gray book, there's got to be like a section that's like permanent runes, <laughs> you know? Don't do this. Right. Okay. Well, because they talk about, so like the wedding rune that you do because you do two you do one on your arm and then you do one over your heart for the for the wedding room but that's a permanent rune but you can get divorced so i like it like what if you get divorced and remarried like do you like just go over the same like (laughs) uh, (laughs) trace it right we should ask people that got like a tattoo do you do like a slash through it when you get a divorce and then like you just start tallying like a laser removal yeah I don't know. Like, I have questions. (laughs) I do, too. Yes. Okay, so Clary starts to eventually draw, and she hears an internal voice saying, who are you to think that you can speak the language of heaven? And I don't know if I could keep going after I heard this. (laughs) I don't know. I think I'd be like, I think I'm done. (laughs) But she internally answers with, I am Jocelyn Frey's daughter. Bitch. Okay, that last part. The the bitch was silent. It was implied. Exactly. Anyway, when she's done, she sees the surprise look on Luke's face, and that tells her basically that he hadn't really believed her, which is kind of sad. But I guess whatever. It would be hard to believe. But after everything they've experienced, you'd think he'd be a little more open-minded. So Alex says cool, but I imagine it was more like cool, (laughs) but I don't know. And <laughs> Jace wants to know, like, he just wants to know if it works. He just—he was such a butthole about it. Uh huh. Well, does it work? Oh, uh, right. Like a piece of paper doesn't have any fear to take away anyway. <laughs> Clary, it's not afraid of scissors. <laughs> it's afraid of rock. Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> it is afraid of scissors. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, put it on me. Like, come on, girl, baby girl, just one time. Baby girl, put it on me. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, dating ourselves again. So anyway, Luke is like, no, bro. (laughs) You obviously don't understand the word fear. You cannot have fearless. And apparently Luke can't try it because downworlders can't, um, like they don't take effect. Runes didn't take effect Mm -hmm. on them. So 
Alex steps in and he's like, okay, let's do it. I could use, use some fearlessness in my life. Give it to me. <laughs> like, Put it on me. perfect candidate. Seriously. Yeah. So Alec rolls up his sleeve and Cleary um, could see a rune already there. It was a permanent rune, which again, who knows how it got there. Um, but it gave him perfect balance. So I want to know, is this just part of the story? Did she know that it was perfect balance? So, okay. So she has, she has the copy of the gray book that... Magnus gave her. So she's been oh, studying. That's right. him. Okay. All right. So after it's on, Alex says he doesn't feel anything. So of course they <laughs> all start doing what I would do and trying to scare him. And like Magnus is like, boo. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Right. They're like, are you afraid of spiders? What about the dark? Like, that, he's like, I'm a shadow hunter. I'm not afraid of the dark. Yeah. Right. But I loved the part where he's like, well, there isn't anything to be scared of. And then Magnus is like, boo. Which, oh. Oh, it made me so happy. I giggled so hard. I was like, <laughs> well, to me, it's like, I'm not, a, I'm a shadow hunter. I'm not afraid of the dark. And Jason's like, dude, go down to the bone yeah. city. <gasps> Bitch, you'd be scared of the dark, dude. You've never really been in the dark. Right. Yeah. So their search for fear is interrupted by the doorbell. And Luke answers the door and in walks Maris. <laughs> Look, ook. I know. I don't know. That. I think that was Lincoln. <laughs> He's constantly, he learned how to climb up the drawers in the desk. So now he's up my ass all the time. It's super fun. It's the best. Super fun. Totally love it. Not. So Luke answers the door and in walks Maris, the Inquisitor, and Robert Lightwood. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. So now what, Robin? Well, everyone in the room was like, whoa. <laughs> And I imagine one of those scenes in a movie where time sort of slows down and this dramatic music starts climaxing and everyone's looking at everyone else and building their resolve to like, what's up? (laughs) Anywho, Alex steps up, blocks her entrance into the room and declares that he has something to say, y'all, and it's important. (laughs) I'm seeing someone. And Robert, his daddy-o, has the... um, this what what oh has the expression and puzzled look on his face that i'm assuming most of us would if we were faced with the same situation like okay cool beans but i'm kind of in the middle of a right here what is what does this have to do with anything (laughs) tell me later dude yeah alec insists that it is relevant and important because this person is a downworlder you dish and not just any downworlder a war and before he can finish his sentence, Magnus intervenes and sends a little spelly spell over to make him stop talking, which also results in him causing, fuck, this, the results also caused him to fall over and go briefly unconscious. <laughs> little side effect. Whoops. And Isabel comes over and helps a dazed and confused Alec. He can't remember why he's on the floor, but he's suddenly back to his normal sheepish, sheepish self. And Jay snorts and's like, well, guess we have our answer on if that thing clearly did work or not. <laughs> For real. For real, real. This intensifies Alex's Alex panic. And he's like, dear God, man. What did I say? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Robert pops in and tells him that, well, he was announcing that he was seeing someone, but didn't say who or why it was relevant. And the blithering begins. <laughs> Alex starts backpedaling. Telling him that he's not seeing someone. Even if he was, it wouldn't be important. (coughs) And Magnus, like, swoops in and tells them that poor Alec has been delirious since he came into contact with some demon toxins. 
And for real, guys, I know he's like a hundred thousand years old. <laughs> Probably has learned to master an entire array of motions to a level I can't even begin to fathom. But poor Magnus. I like ser- like I could cry right now. It makes me so sad for him. Like he's just you know he wants to just let it go, but he can't. Because he knows that, like, this wasn't Alex's choice, right? Right. He has the rune on him, so it's not something he made a decision, like, to be brave on his own. It's just... Hmm. Yeah. Well, and then he's still able to come in with this perfect cover-up story for him, so he's still, like... He's got his back. Yeah. Yeah. Since he's baby back, but... <laughs> baby back, baby back, baby back. Because you say like baby Alec. <laughs> you say that like all the time. It's like a baby Alec back. <laughs> sexy back is all I can yeah. think of. Magnus definitely brought sexy back. For real. I feel like he's short. I don't know why. Magnus is supposed to be really tall. I, yeah. Yeah. It just uh... And so was Alec. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Moon a drink. Yeah. I'll buy you a drink. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm laughing so much my eyes are watering and I can't see. Okay, y'all. Mary starts to come unhinged. Demon toxin? No one reported a demon attack to the Institute. What kind of house are you running, Lucian? (laughs) You have a responsibility to report demonic activity to the clave. And Clary cuts in to explain that Luke was also attacked and unconscious, thus able to alert them. Unable. Unable to alert them. (laughs) And our least favorite villain pipes in. Good old Imogen. Wondering how convenient it all must be. Everyone either passed out or delirious. She points to Luke, saying that he should have known better than to welcome his house to Jonathan Morgenstern, who was supposed to have been locked up in the warehouse where (laughs) the warlocks care. I love how Magnus comes in next like warlock bitch I have a name and title who the heck do you think you are <laughs> and then instantly reads the room a little deeper and's like y- you know what never mind <laughs> you just keep going on your little tirade I'm cool you, boo. cool it like makes my it like sets my teeth on edge when she calls Luke downworlder it's just such a condescend it makes me angry like stabby i'm just stabby stabby. Stabby. they do it's a they've done a good job cassandra claire not they has done Mm -hmm. a great job making her very unlike like her less than valentine (laughs) yes seriously at least valentine has a little bit of charisma right (laughs) we know at one point he loved his son like you know this bitch is just like non-redeemable can you imagine living your life just always being so cynical it's crazy always thinking the worst of people no no i can't (laughs) (laughs) the inquisitor has to puff out her chest and exert her dominance telling him she knows his name now that he has failed in his duty he won't get a second chance and magnus is soups offended defending the contract that he twisted to benefit his own intentions (laughs) telling her that it didn't bind them to the house and i love how you know she's been waiting to deliver this next piece of news oh yeah it's like been percolating in oh, her little. She's been saying things to get them to say things to get to, to this point. Yeah. It's what my mom does when we fight. <laughs> <sighs> Sounds like me. I love it. Love it. Anyway, she's like, "You failed by letting him see his father last night." Dun dun dun. 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 <laughs> Wait, let's do that again. Okay. 
Oh, wait, no, you say the thing and then we'll. Okay. I'll point and we'll do it. Okay. Anyway, she's like, you failed by letting him see his father last night. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> Good job, mom. Time out. And our most favoritist father figure in the history of literary father figures pipes up instantly defending Jace, telling her she's being ridiculous. Jace doesn't know where V-Tang is, so you just leave him alone. And the Inquisitor is like, leave him alone? Nah, I'm Miley, dude. I can't stop. And I won't stop. This is I my J-O-B. is we, we can't stop. We, yeah. we won't stop, right? Yeah, okay. I just... Yeah. Anyway, Good. this is my J-O-B, and I love it. Tell them the truth, boy, and things will be much easier for you. Jace, who just can't, dude has to be the tough guy. I mean, I suppose I don't know what else he should do, but he's refusing to say anything. Robert tries to pull a Luke, but with way less conviction. Hey, Imogen, I thought you had said that V-Tang was dot, 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 ellipses. (laughs) She's like, yes, it's true. He's got his tank tops and his flippy floppies. (laughs) He is on a boat, bitch. (laughs) Boats. <laughs> Wait, it's boats and demons. Boats and demons. <sighs> Magnus felt ten times better knowing that it was the water that was throwing off his spells. Interesting bit of knowledge that I will stick in my back pocket. And Luke is like, "What? Your back pocket? Oh, here, grab my boobies. Just one, actually. Anyway, looks like what's that motherfucker doing in the middle of a river?" Clearly offended and upset. The Inquisitor's like, I don't know. Why don't you ask Jonathan? He's the one that borrowed a motorcycle from the Fox T- Foxy TV version Raphael and flew it out to the boat in the cover of darkness. <laughs> Jace is probably a lot of freaked out now, but still refuses to incriminate himself. We have to love his conviction. She tells him to take out she meaning the inquisitor Mm -hmm. tells him to take out that object that he's been carrying around with him this he obliges and pulls out his portal meat (laughs) imogen snatches it out of his hand cutting him on purpose no doubt in the process (laughs) that sound that was very clunky imogen snatches it out of his hand cutting him on purpose and starts her own mini monologue okay i have to say so i reread this chapter this morning and when she says, like, he pulls out the bit of portal, in my head, I corrected it to portal meat. I did, too. <laughs> okay. I'm sad that it's gone. <laughs> Seriously. I'm a little confused, though, because I can't, I, I don't remember, but I thought, I thought Clary took it away from him. Did she just, like, put it on the dresser or something and he grabbed it? Yeah, I bet When so. they mm-hmm. left or something? Yeah. Okay. She knew he would come back for this because he is such a sentimental creature. The piece of portal meat that shows you the Wayland countryside. I and I alone knew that I must do something to figure out what you crazy kids were up to. So I snuck into your room in the dead of night and placed this mocked paper in between the mirror and its backing so I could track and trace you because I knew you were a double agent, a spy for your father, he who must always be named Valentine Morgenstar. <laughs> Alas, don't, don't dishearten that you were not clever enough to sense my ruse. Older and wiser men have fallen when brought against my superior wit and skills. You can definitely tell you've been watching Outlander. (laughs) (laughs) 
Dude, you were you were vibing that that, that uh, time area. Yeah, that's great. Time area. So listen, <laughs> how creepy is it that she snuck in his room while he's sleeping? Dude, for real. And how did he not hear that? I don't know. I just feel like he She's has like using her fallen. Wait, okay. So that I don't understand. Yeah, because he was not staying in the institute at any point when Imogen was around. So she couldn't have snuck in when he was sleeping. It had to have been when he was in the city of Bones. She knew he would have, he would be coming back, or when he went to Magnus's. She knew he would come back for it. Yep, I think that's what she was okay. trying to say. Yeah. So he was sleeping in City of Bones. <laughs> she went into his room. She didn't have to sneak because he wasn't there. I don't think it ever says that he was. Yeah, he. It was just at night. Let me be clear. This is very much robined up. That's true. I can't remember what she said. I think we said last episode, we're all a little exaggerated. I don't think she says yeah. anything about sneaking into the dead. I think that was me. Yeah. <laughs> Let me okay. clarify really quick. <laughs> oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. I was like, why can't I find it? <laughs> I can't look up the word portal meat because that's not going to fucking be in there. Here we go. We only have two hours left. I marked this paper with a tracking room and slipped it between the bit of mirror and its backing. Then I replaced it in the boys' room. Don't feel bad for not noticing it. Older heads and wiser than yours have been fooled by the clave. Right. That's all she says. <laughs> so the rest was just me. It was a masterpiece. It was yeah, good. I stumbled at the bottom, but it's fine. You're amazing. Jace has the appropriate teenager reaction. Utterly shocked and offended that she has violated his privacy <laughs> and been spying on him. And she's like, whoa, hey, careful. Watch it. Your friends broke the law as well by breaking you out of the silent city. She's still on that? That Seriously. was so last week. Come well, on. He's supposed to just stay there after all. That's just crazy. Right? Come on. Our fearless. She don't need no room. Izzy jumps <laughs> in with friends. No, we're not friends. He's our brother. And Imogen's like, hey, watch it. <laughs> also, you could be found complicit. Right? Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I ran out of breath. Woo! <laughs> this causes Robert to tell the Inquisitor that all Isabel's trying to do is keep their family together. They're just children after all. Mm. And of course, because she is evil, brings up the fact that Jason Co. are children in the same way that the Circle members were just children when the uprising happened, when her own son. <sighs> Insert flashback. <laughs> it's a cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> Luke pounces. On this little tidbit, saying that he so this really is all about Stephen after all, and she gets hot, dude. <laughs> She's like, "This isn't about Stephen; it's about the law." Bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then tells him Jace will be accompanying her back to Idris tomorrow. Not, and, that, and that's all she's going to tell them. Okay, so real quick. Okay, the way that Robert is here, he stands up for Jace and he's like, she's, you know, and and for Izzy and he's like, she's trying to keep our family together. It makes me wonder that if Robert had come back with Maris, if things would have played out differently because he seems way more willing to put his neck on the line, whereas Maris was trying to like play the game, whereas Robert, I feel like, wasn't interested in that. It was like, no, I'm not just. Say what I, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, they're just kids. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Move on. Not you, her. Right. <laughs> Imogen. Right, Imogen. Clary's like, nah, 
we're not going to play like this. You can't take him there and not tell us when he's coming back. Focus on the real evil overlord here, Valentine. Luke places his hand on Clary's shoulder to ebb the fire from her and announces that, quote, If the boy went to his father, knowing the kind of father Valentine was, it is because we failed him, not because he failed us. He's so amazing. I know. There's like heart emojis right now. Mm-hmm. My eyes are hearts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> BT dubs. The Inquisitor couldn't give two shits. And then in a sudden, horrific, although I have to assume pre-planned for some greater reason, Alec comes in on the Inquisitor's side, telling the room that Jace lied to them and there's no excuse for that. Isabel is totally T.O.'d and says as much, to which Alec plays the insert shadow hunter response here (laughs) when something goes wrong. The law is hard, but it is the law. Isabel can't take it anymore and leaves. Maris tries to follow, but stopped by Robert, who like whispers a little something something to her and magnus uses this as a cue to also leave saying what i wish i could have on many occasion i'd say it's been nice meeting you all but in fact it hasn't it's been quite awkward and frankly the next time a single single one of you will be far too soon mm-hmm. <laughs> i would love to say that too no <laughs> peace out bitch. peace out bitch imogen is done with the bullshit and is ready to move out and move on she has Jace tied into these fiery handcuffs and threatens Clary on her way out, telling her that she is lucky Jocelyn raised her, but she's going to be keeping her eye on her. And Luke is like, whoa, are you threatening her? Because it sounds like you're threatening my daughter. And the Inquisitor's like, the clave doesn't make threats. It makes promises. And we keep them. Sorry. She pushes Jace to lead through the front door, assuming... No. Fuck. Now I'm Kristen. <laughs> She pushes Jace to lead through the front door, assuring him that if he tries to escape, she will kill him. And the rest make their way single file through the door, leaving Luke and Clary to be like, bro, what just happened? Dude. When she says that, like, I'll put a blade through your, between your shoulders, like, fuck. She is not messing around. I don't understand how any person of authority, no matter who you are, would be like, just totally cool with killing a teenager like what yeah this whole thing reminds me of like when you had a slumber party for your birthday when you were a kid and everybody finally goes home and you look around and you're like holy shit (laughs) now we gotta clean up like now everyone's gone it would just feel so empty and sad i'm upset that they don't mention maya at the end honestly Mm -hmm. she's there too guys Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, Clary basically made her feel like shit, so she's hiding, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't blame her. I wonder where she lives. Did they talk about that? Where does she actually stay? She lives with the pack at the... The Chinese place? Oh, yeah, that's right, in the jail, or the the police... old police station. Station. I was going to say center. Well, it has a sign. It's glamoured that says Jade Wolf takeout. Mm -hmm. So you're both right. But I thought they actually deliver takeout. They do they sometimes. Do sometimes. So they must make it in some sort of a kitchen or something. Maybe. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe they just order it from another place. And <laughs> just pocket the change. Yeah. They just charge, they charge more. more. <laughs> like Uber or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uber Eats. Oh, that's great. Make sure that you've read chapter 15, The Serpent's Tooth, for next week's episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworld or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.